Here we go. Welcome to another week of Richo, Brownie and Hummer. If you haven't noticed that Hummer's not sitting here, I'll take great offence to that because the bloke looks like an absolute shovel. Anyway, <laughs> Brownie, Good Richo, That's welcome. That's the best intro we've had all year. So people are going to be sitting out there wondering, where's Hummer? Um, Hummer's just having a week off, a well-earned rest. It's not a well-earned rest. But uh, they'd be saying, who is this man? Who is this man, Felix von Hoff? Um, a striking sort of man who thinks he's very good looking himself. But you know what, Richo, when they first said we've got this guy, Felix von Hoff, basketballer. We've got this guy, this guy that you've worked with for three years now. As an ambassador. Uh, yeah. And we're going to take him out for lunch. So I took him out for lunch when Mickey Wall was here and um, they were telling me, I'd never heard of him. Yeah. And they were telling me about him and they said, you know, he's been playing college basketball over there. So In Washington. Bypassed the NBL. So I thought, how good is this guy? He's too, yeah. even too good for the NBL. Yeah. And so uh, I quickly figured out he wasn't <laughs> too good for the NBL, but I tell you what, he he does do some work around here he in, in, uh, in the sense that he's very happy with himself. Now, yeah. I, I want to show you a few things, <laughs> if we can bring a few things about Felix up, just to let people know what sort of man Felix oh, is. Oh, that is grim. I don't know what that is. I think, is that is that a, is it a shot from a casting agency? <laughs> is this something you go out and do? What, what are you going for there, the RM Williams sort of everyday man look with the shirt? Yeah, well, actually, we actually for this one had to white out the big black leather couch that was sitting in the background yep. there. But no, no, no. It was for some potential radio stuff that was going to happen. Right. As, as with most things in my one? life. You're joking into the mirror. Hey? <laughs> You're telling her funny, are you? So they, they, sir, you got these done. These went, are, no, 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 no. These went promo out shots. These. These I promo did not shots. approach someone that said, hey, I reckon these would be beneficial. Let me handle this for you. Look this sounds. <laughs> So that he one did there, all these. For our, for our listeners that aren't watching this on uh, yeah. YouTube, he's just running his hands through his hair there, Nathan. He certainly is. I'll tell you what, uh, very, Listen. very happy with him. He's a striking man. He's yeah. six foot four, so he's a big boy. But this is um, <laughs> back in the days where he was trying to be an NBL player. And so you did play for Melbourne United. I did. I won a championship, yeah. and it yeah. took him a long time to get back. I think yeah. it took him three years to get back to the championship yeah, after no, I vacated. Where I was the championship, though? What league? Is the NBL. Okay. And why are you showing <laughs> off your abs in that photo, by the way? Well, because when you got them, you may as well show them off, Brownie. And so, as everyone knows, I'm a really nice guy. So, it's it can be a little bit daunting coming in here with me and you. And so, I sent Felix a text message this morning just to say, <laughs> looking for so today, 7.32. Don't worry about the, the last bit. I probably should have checked that to see if it was rude, by the way. Looking forward to having you on uh, board today, mate. This is too friendly of a text. I suspect something is happening here. Now, can't a man just send a nice text out, Matthew? Well, I guess you've watched this show and we get thrown under a bus a bit on this show, so I understand that. It is. It's basically filmed at a bus stop, this thing, because it is nothing but thrown under the bus. You did play college ball in the States. I did play college ball and then went to Eastern Washington, played over there for a while, and there's no better compliment than someone that you've worked with saying, you know, they come around here and they do a lot of work and there's just no other glowing compliment than that. He picked up a bit of swagger in the States, didn't he? He did. He certainly did. What do uh, we got next? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's just jump from You're the host. So you, let's <laughs> just jump. Well, Hummer set, the pre- Hummer set the precedent. I've got to t- keep touching the screen. Clarko, gone. Yeah. Sam Mitchell, in. Drama. We'll get on to Carol and all that sort of stuff a little bit later. But your thoughts and opinions on the Clarko absolute shit fest. Yeah, look, it, was, it did turn into that, exactly what you just said there. Oh, look, it wasn't managed great by Hawthorne, but there's no doubt there's a little bit going on behind the scenes here. I think Clarko and his management obviously wanted to get a full payday at the end of the day. So there was negotiations ongoing, but I just think 
at footy clubs, there's nothing worse than when stories, NATO, get leaked through the yep. media. And obviously, Caro and, and Sam McClure were all over it. I think if they had their time again, they would have managed it a little bit differently. And come to the decision that they made last week to yep. start with three weeks ago, because it was going to be a toxic relationship, I would have thought. And Sam Mitchell doesn't want him there. It's clear. He wants to take the reins. Imagine Sam Mitchell knowing all next year that Alistair Clark is going to be the coach. He wants to be the coach. They've backed him in for a reason. So they, they obviously think Sam Mitchell is going to be a good coach. So they didn't want him to go into Collingwood to the point where they've outed the four-time premiership coach. So they are backing in Sam Mitchell. So they had to give him the it's, clear air. It's a big call, though. Four, four-time premiership coach for an unproven coach. And Sam will probably be a big, a good coach. But it's a big call, Nate. Do you think he'll coach next year? Alistair Clarkson? Um, will he coach again? Well, I'd, you'd be mad if you were Collingwood and you weren't having you a word to, to him at the moment. Yeah, brilliant coach. So uh, I think he'll coach again. Yeah. I don't know whether it's going to be next year, though. Well, I think... I think Collingwood will be on the phone to his manager, James Henderson, and I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't coach again. You'd have to. Yeah. You'd think so. But as all yeah. good journalists do, they manage to weave themselves into the storylines here and none better at it than the great Caroline Wilson. Sam McClure also involved there. But a couple of people have had to come out and apologise. Oh, she Caroline. did not change her tune. And everybody came after her last week. And to her credit, she didn't change once. Oh. She said, this is what I've been told. So she had some really good intel. She did. And she went with it. The easiest part then is to say, well, maybe – these people have let me down and it's not the way it's panning out. But she was steadfast and some people have apologised as well. You've got to admire Caro. She didn't step down. She knew she was right in the story. Do you think Do you think the mail was coming out of Hawthorne or out of Clarko's camp, his management? I think it might have been coming out of Clarko's mouth maybe. Right. I don't know. But that, that's what it <laughs> seems like. Look, there's no doubt some people have egg on their face and Caro... You know, she does deserve an apology yep. on this one. She did a good job. Yeah, but it's something job. that happens in American sports a lot more, the leaking from agencies yeah. to get the media to start talking about stuff. And sometimes, as you say, it's egg on your face because yeah. they change their tune. Yeah. yeah. But what I want to know now is we've all been caught out in a lie at some stage. Now, Cara obviously here wasn't lying 100% on the truth, but I know you blokes now, I know you well, Brownie, mm. I reckon you've got some absolute shockers there that can't come on this show. I reckon myself and Nathan, our, both of our big apologies we've had to make are around the same, the same people. people yeah. yeah. What about yours? So I just started at Richmond, right? Um, first two games, flew out of the blocks, round one, uh, 2004. Talk, talk about being happy with yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. Played on Jimmy Clement, obviously, so it was a nice, easy start in round one against Collingwood. Was this before or after you beat Peter Luchak? Uh, there's, there's after. So the three votes in round one. Kicked uh, a few goals against Geelong in round two. We come up against St Kilda in round three, yeah. who were the big Spruik team. They just finished off 2003 amazingly. I went and had lunch with Nick Rewalt. You were on, good mates. You were in the pub with him on the Friday. So we've just had our uh, meeting, and Spud said we're going to do something different this week because uh, Stephen Milner kicked four in the first week, so he was on fire. Yeah. We're going to put David Roden defensively, and we're going to play him on Stephen Mill. Like a hard tag. Right? Hard tag on Stephen yeah. Mill. So I'm having lunch with Rui and. Just, just normal conversation. He's giving it to me going, there's no way you're going to get anywhere near us. And he's going, Milne's on fire, Cozzy's on fire. And uh, I said, Milne? I said, D-Rod's going to smash him. Just not thinking about the fact that I've just given up the player this who's going to play on him. about to play them and he's told the opposition who's but playing I didn't, on him. It, it wasn't for season. It wasn't like nasty or anything. It wasn't I was trying to give away trade secrets. It was just in it conversation slipped that slipped out. And then I thought about it later and I thought about texting Rui to say, can you not? 
say anything about that, but I knew he was going to, so I just left it. Anyway, um, D-Rod goes down to Milne. Did a pretty good job. Milne kicked four behinds. Didn't actually kick a goal, but St Kilda won the game. And then after the game, in the rooms after the game, Spud has gone absolutely <laughs> spare, right? He's just gone and somebody, and like expletives the whole way through, told St Kilda that David Roden was going to play on Stephen Milne. And when I catch that in person, he goes, they won't play again. So if you come to me and you tell me who it is, if you own up, does anyone want to own up now? And I'm, I'm sitting there going, there's no, <laughs> no way I'm owning up right now. And uh, so I left it. I left. It was a Friday night game too, so I left it for the whole weekend. I went into Spud's office on the Monday morning. I sat down. Did you sleep at all? Before? No, no, I was shitting myself because you never <laughs> want to be known as somebody who lets out yeah, information. Yeah. And I'd done it not thinking, and it wasn't um, malicious or anything, and I said, Spud, um, it was me uh, that let out the, the day. He goes, I know it was you. <laughs> he goes, I knew Friday when Stewie Lowe rang me. And uh, I told him how it happened. And he goes, mate, he goes, I can't drop you because we've just traded you in and you're playing pretty good. He goes, we'll just keep it between you, me and you, okay? That's so funny. he didn't tell anybody. <laughs> we were, I remember him going off after the game. We all knew that it was you. There's no doubt about that. The rest so who of the stitched play. on you? Uh, Rui. Rui. Oh, jeez, yeah. that's quite – obviously, he's gone back and said to the coach that uh, – I think it was Grant Thomas at the yeah, time. that Tomo. Um, Roden's going to play Roden's going to play on Milne. Um, as I would have. If Rui told me something, I would have gone back and said – Yeah, but any bloke worth yeah. his salt's going to say, hey, just make sure it doesn't bounce back on yeah. the boy that's yeah. told me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good but uh, no, Stewie Lowe and, and Spud were great mates, so that's how it came out. Yeah, so my, uh, my apology came um, after my 150th game. I was actually captain for the night. Our two, our captain and vice captain were injured. We're playing Carlton on a Friday night. A few people may have heard this story before. But anyway, I come out my 150, have an absolute stinker. Um, we lose the game by about five points. But during the game, I handballed the ball, uh, Joe the Goose, over the top to Dave Roden in the goal screen. Unfortunately, Dave was in his first or second game. He fumbled it across the line. And I was absolutely – went berserk at Dave Roden, right? Because I knew it was a big moment second in the game. Second game. Second yeah. game. So anyway, we lose the game. And I knew that – I knew I'd had a stinker. And I walk into the rooms after the game. I'm trying to avoid Spud. And anyway, we have the team meeting. And to my surprise, he didn't say anything. I thought, I've got away with this, you know. I made a goose of myself. I thought, I've got away with this. I'm really surprised Spud didn't have a go at me in the team meeting. So I have a shower, get in my car. I'm driving from the G back up to Fitzroy where I lived only five minutes away. And I'm going up past Parliament there, up past the Fitzroy Gardens, and my phone rings in the car, Spud on the phone. I thought, oh, this ain't going to be good. On the way home from the game, I said, yes, mate. And he just expletive went off for about two minutes. And he said, and by the way, you dropped. <laughs> so I reckon I'm the only player that's been <laughs> dropped straight after the game, right? And then he went on to say, and tomorrow you'll be doing a press conference where you will apologise to the press and you will announce to the press that you're dropped for next week. <laughs> so I reckon I'm the only player in history that, one, has been dropped straight after the game and, two, has then had to do a press conference to announce they're being dropped. So that was my apology. He was a funny bastard, Spud, wasn't he? Yeah, I'll tell you what, funny. I've never seen two blokes give their apology stories without tooting their, horns, tooting their own horns so much within the, <laughs> the one story. Oh, jeez, it was my 150th. It was, I'd kicked two goals the week before. And surprise. Interestingly, I never captained Richmond again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give mine before we jump onto the yeah, Lions. Yeah. Now, this was back in my – I only played for a brief amount of time, so I didn't have much time to stuff up. Didn't exactly yeah. have 150 games to do so. But I was a bit loose loose around the edges in my early days. I was talking to a bird up in the Gold Coast. Yeah. Nice type. Still talk to her now. 
But we were playing in Brisbane that weekend, and I thought, oh, I don't want to play in Brisbane. I want to go to the Gold Coast. Right. So I've pulled up, and I was sort of like at that point in and out of the side. Yeah. So at the last five minutes of practice, I'd already planned, booked my flights and everything to the Gold Coast. The last five minutes of practice, Dave Anderson, one of Australia's best players, does his, uh, I think it was his groin or something yeah. like that, hurts yeah. it. Coach goes over to me, you're coming to Brisbane. I'm going, oh, shit. Like, I've booked these flights. I've been yeah. talking to this girl online for a long time. Like, I'm ready to go up there. The, the, the thing's ready to go, if yeah. you know what I mean. Ended up pulling a fake hamstring with about two minutes to go in the practice so I could get out of it. The worst part was, so I'm there in my skinny jeans getting ready. I've pulled that one off. The physio's trying to diagnose it. Absolutely no idea. I pull up at the airport. The game's in the Gold Coast. Oh, no. So I'm on the exact same flight as the team. <laughs> I've said i got a bad hamstring and I'm staying home to rehab. I'm standing there in my skinny jeans and festival shirt, oh, ready no. to go. So I had to apologise for the team. But for some reason, they didn't pick me up the next year. So <laughs> absolutely. You go on the date. The date will go around. That was fantastic. Still talk to her. On and off. Fantastic. I've been dumped twice by the same woman, so fantastic. <laughs> hey, final time, Richard. Who yes. wants to play? You've, you've, oh, I I've see you've been doodling yeah. over there. Who, 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 what have you come up with? Well, I've had a look at this here. So I guess, Nate, the teams that are in contention, we still think uh, Essendon, Freo, Richmond, GWS and Carlton. So I've done a little ladder predictor. And at this stage, it's going to come, I reckon it's going to come down to the game in the final round between GWS and Carlton. Now, if GWS win that game, I think they'll end up on 42 points. I've got Essendon, Freo and Richmond all on. 40, right? Yep. I've got Carlton on 36, but if Carlton do beat GWS, they'll be on 40 as well and GWS will come back down to 38. So that would mean four teams on 40 points could play finals mm. and that would then be percentage and Essendon have actually got the best percentage. So I think it I think it will probably be GWS, but if Carlton do beat them in the last round, it may be Essendon on percentage. Right. Who do yeah, you it's think? Crystal clear, doesn't it? Yeah, I was about to say, it's about <laughs> as hard as trying to work out how many patrons you can have at a nightclub at the moment. With no, I think those the numbers. Giants might sneak in. I yeah, think I think the Giants might sneak in. I don't think anybody else is playing good enough uh, and the Bombers have got a pretty hard run. They play the yeah. Dogs this week. Yeah, so I think I think the Giants might sneak in. Now, as the season rolls on, one thing that has caught my eye during the year, Brisbane. Yeah. Clear uh, flat track bullies. Haven't been able to get it done this year. What, what's the story with them? Uh, well, I think the injuries are uh, a key one to Eric Hipwood has hurt them. It's changed their whole structure, it hasn't has. it? has. And Charlie Cameron isn't playing as good a football as what he was five weeks ago. Lincoln McCarthy's playing really good football. He stepped up. No, but other- McStay's dropped off a little bit. So their forward line and their huge midfield that was getting big numbers right now isn't having the influence. Uh, Jared Lyons had another 38 last week. I think he was brilliant. But the rest of them being a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, and I think the problem is they've lost Marcus Adams down back over the last few weeks. That's a huge out. Danaher now has to play predominantly as a forward because Hipwood's gone out. So Joe was going up the ground, going into the ruck, and that was actually helping him when he went back inside 50. Yeah. I just think it freed him up, gave him confidence. So, look, I don't think they're going to finish top four, so I don't think they can win the flag. I think you've got to be top four to win the flag. Bit of a letdown season. Now, this next topic, the AFL removing boxing from training for clubs. Now, I'm quite interested to hear your take because you're a man who once turned down a charity boxing fight because they wouldn't pay you enough. Yeah. So clearly you know a lot that about was, the sport. By the way, that was a smart decision. Yeah, it was a very smart decision. <laughs> who you come up I with actually it? used to enjoy boxing, so we used to do it a fair bit, and we didn't we didn't have any headgear or anything no. like that. Tyrone Vickery's old man, Johnny Vickery, was the boxing coach. Yeah, but do you think the AFL should be able to tell clubs how Absolutely to Absolutely not. They should not be able no. to tell. I think we did it at the Buddha, and I think... It's it's a great fitness thing. Um, it can get a little bit dangerous at times, but that's when you have people in 
role in 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 the in in charge of the players and putting them together. So when we used to do boxing, I'd box with somebody around my ability. Yeah. You'd do someone yeah. around your ability. You wouldn't get in with a Greg Stafford who could yeah. absolutely ping you or Andy Cracker. Um, actually, I remember I got in there with Andy Cracker one <laughs> Mate, day. He could go crack. And yeah. I actually slipped one through him one day through his defences and. and and I got, and I was so happy that I actually got one through on him. And within a blink of an eye, he had put four on my chin like it would. And then he realised what he did. He goes, "Oh, sorry, Brownie." I said, "No, it's okay, mate." But I think boxing's got its place. I don't think the AFL should be able to tell you when you can and can't. Yeah, I'm with it that you should have headgear on, and you probably shouldn't be hitting each other in the head. No doubt about that. But you should be able to do pad work and boxing for fitness because if you're in rehab and you can't run, and if you're no good at swimming, then boxing is a really good. Are um, they talking just sparring though? It's just well, it would just be sparring. Right. You could surely they're not going to come down and police no. people doing so pad work with it. I remember, and I'm sure you do too. We had a player who was continually late at Richmond, um, and so Ter- I think Terry Wallace was the coach at this point. And he had enough, so he said yeah. to um, Johnny Vickery, "We said we need to teach this young man a-, a few issues about getting to training on time." So he had boxing gloves on in one corner. Greg Stafford in the other corner, big Trent Noble who was the other ruckman, and Ray Hall in the other one. And this young man had a minute with each of them, so he had to go around to each of them. There were no headshots. No headshots. He had the headgear yeah. on, but it was just a minute for each of them just to just to remind him of uh, punctuality. So I probably don't agree with that, but yeah. you can't. The AFL cannot be telling clubs how to train. That's just ridiculous. And Luke Beveridge said it. I just love how you said that. Yeah, no, the guys are good. They don't get carried away while giving a story about how you cracked Andrew Cracker and then he laid four all right on your chin. That was a long time ago. Crack. Things are different these days. Yeah, I hope he listens to the, the podcast. gloves you've ever seen. And he was lightning. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. We, when I did it for basketball once, we had this American dude that just socked me right in the face. But luckily, didn't play much. So it didn't really matter, did it? <laughs> anyway, extra, extra, read all about it. I'm going to read some headlines out and you've got to tell me who said it and who it was about. Right. So we'll start off with this one. I can't believe how badly he's aged. He's become like a journeyman. I mean, he was the best player in the game. Now I don't think he'll be in the All-Australian squad. Yeah, I've got that one. That is the great Lee Matthews, and he's talking about Patrick Cripps. Yep. Correct. I agree. Bang. Next one. That was a little bit harsh, I thought, from Lee. Yeah, a, bit, I don't, a bit aggressive, but he doesn't pull any punches. No, nah, he doesn't. He, he tells it how it is. As much as I'm a Melbourneian, I would much rather see 60,000 in Perth than a half-filled MCG. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to go with Dermot. I don't know. It's just a guess. Wrong. Uh, I'm going to say David King, and he said it on that – is it the, the last – the, what is it, the crunch time or whatever they – The last crack. The last crack. First crack. First crack, that's it. <laughs> we got there eventually. We got there. No. Nah. Matty Lloyd. Lordo. Yeah. Hand back in your Victorian driver's licence after that comment. I actually agree with Lloydie. If you can get a full house in Perth, I think you should have it there. Yep. Next one. I'm pretty motivated when it comes to not winning the wooden spoon. Um, well, I'd have to go... It's Clarkson or Noble, you'd think. I'm going to say David Noble. Well, I'll go Clarkson. David Noble. Okay. Bang. What frustrates me the most is that you're either blatantly lying to us or you're so inept at your job that someone's got to pay for it. Sounds like Hummer, to be honest, that mm, they're talking yeah. about. The HR department. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea there. Jimmy no. Bartell on the score review controversy. Right. I won't have a presence here, but my heart will be very much at this place for a long time. Well, that's Clark. Yeah, that's Clark. That's an easy one. Who put yeah. these together? These are simple. There's a statue just up there. The production I, team I, now. I think it was says. Who oh, says? Come on, give, <laughs> give us something. This is this is quality podcasting right here. There's a statue just up there. It's fair to say there will be another one of this guy. 
Ooh. Um, Clarkson. Someone's saying that about Alistair Clarkson. It was Sam Mitchell just before he shoved Clarkson out the door, I there believe. There ah, Yes. Got that one right. Well, anyway, absolutely fantastic That's segment. They're riveting stuff. So there'll be a Clarko statue at Waverley. There should yeah, be. Yeah, there should be. You'd think four so. Flags. Four premierships. If you win yeah. four flags, you get yourself yeah. a statue. Yep. Sometimes we forget about the coaches there. Anyway, it's time for Around the Grounds with Ace of Gemstone. Now, I love this one, boys. This poor little league in Tasmania, they're begging for a footy team out there. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I think some of these ones will not be getting the call up. Oh, well, no. Brad, well, I'll tell you what, that, that is a good result for a That's, result for Rosebury Tour, I They've impressed. They've been impressive there. There's yeah. some big scores there, West Olverston. Probably should merge with East Olveston. I say it every week, but they've kicked one goal too between them over two different games. But Rosebury Turak, they kicked the goal. They haven't kicked the goal for a while up against Wesley Vale. So that is a good result. I think that was a wet weekend down in Tassie because I don't think there's been a game where fourth haven't scored 200 points. So yeah. if for them to score under 200 points. What do you reckon the boys from Sprayton were doing right. on their week off for the bye? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sprayton is basically Devonport. It's just out the back of Devonport. That's not too bad. Good mm. spot. stuff to do. Good apples. There. Known for their apples. There's the ladder. Fourth still on top. And uh, 1.63. Have a look at that, uh, Felix. They've played 16 games and scored 68 points, Rosebury. That's shocking. Yeah, I'm looking for a couple of uh, clubs to join up here. You could. You should go down and play for them. I reckon. How about that one? You know, yeah. sometimes you get a celebrity. I think I'd be able to suit that. <laughs> would, would, I be, would I be? Yeah. I'd be about That'd the be level great. of celebrity that would garner. How do you go footy? Playing for a team. I wasn't terrible. Although I did on the kick. I played South Melbourne. Yeah. I mostly just revolved from the bench and wherever there was a free spot at that time. But I was more, you know, the dressing gown, the hot dog sort of. Hummer operator. actually said once that he could quite easily defend Rory Lobb. Or Matty Tabiner. <laughs> Which is one of the stupidest things you could ever say. Do not trust a thing that comes out of Hummer's mouth. He reckons that he can beat me in an eating contest. Absolutely gonna, no chance. Seriously, at Nathan, any of this. next year we're going to go down and do something for Rosemary Touro. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we need to get anyway. Redhead team of the century, you right. boys have half filled the team now. We're about to jump onto the followers. So we've uh, gone to the followers, and Nathan, I couldn't go past big Johnny Ironmonger in the ruck. Yes, former. big Johnny. <laughs> Remember big Johnny? He what played, a big unit he was. Played for Fitzroy and the Sydney Swans. Massive unit, John Ironmonger. I've got him in the ruck, of course, Cameron Ling. You have to have Lingy yep. in there. One of the most famous redheads big, big. of all time. And I've gone uh, Nathan Burke yes. for his first rover. Yep. That's a good team. That is a pretty good team. Have a look at that. So you've got Fletcher, McGrath, Floston. Bluey McKenna, Justin Lepich, Ben Hart. Look at that wing there. Keith Gregg, Jill Brownlow medalist. Michael Voss, that is a good centre line. Jason Ackermanis on the other wing. Lance uh, Snitzel on the <laughs> half-forward flank. <laughs> Dermot Brereton and Darren Buick and full forward line. Gary Moorcroft, Barry Hall and Jared Ruffhead. And, of course, Iron Munger, Ling and Burke. So send through any nominations for the bench next yeah, week. Yeah, nice one. Now, Hummer did want to get Josh Thurgood on the bench. Remember Josh Thurgood? I do remember Josh Thurgood, yeah. Had the dreadies. Number 33 for Hawthorne. Were they red? The red dreadies. Real red. Like proper red. Oh, they were legitimately red, weren't they? Mm, Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about this one? Brownie bingo. Now... Sometimes you got to, with these sports bet crosses, you got to use a bit of time to fill, but you yeah. just come out with an absolute pearl of this week. A couple of words that you just repetitively used over and over again. So let's just bring up the little video here. This is Access All this Areas. This is Access All Areas with the great Damien Barrett. Uh, you like him, don't you, Brownie? You know, and he's been polling in recent weeks. Yeah, in your eyes. I do like Zach Merritt. I thought he was the best man on the ground yesterday. He's still a pretty big price, and I'll get to my Brownlow tracker in a minute, Lordo. Very keen on my Brownlow tracker. But this is the Brownlow middle at the moment. Marcus Bonapelli was $1.85. Zach Merritt, I got three. Cameron Guthrie got three in my Brownlow tracker. So let's have a look I'll at it, Damo. Marcus Bonapelli up the top. Petrarca down there. Then on the next page, 
the My Brown Low Tracker is Zach Merrick, who got three <laughs> of his last six weeks. Four best times, according to My Brown Low Tracker, in the last six weeks, Damo, all the way down to Jared Lyons. And Lordo, you mentioned that the Bombers scored 100 points and lost again yesterday for the third time. On my bonus point ladder last week, they would have got an extra two points. Back to you, Damo. I love the algorithms, Damo. I love the algorithms. Brownie, thank you. That is oh, close. Poor old yeah. Lordo doesn't get much of a run, does he? No, no, no. We left Lordo out, but it was all about me. It was all about my brown load tracker. Can I? Can I nominate a few words for next week? Yeah. What do you want? Oh, I want to get. I want you to say I as many times as you can. I. Yeah. I reckon uh, I do a lot. Yeah. Can you get? Can you get the bont in? The bont. Three or four times. Okay. The bont. And uh, let's give Lordo a run. Oh, we'll Devon and Lordo. We'll work something out because I want to see you get to double figures on one of these. All Six right. mentions of the Brownlow is yeah. pretty impressive because how long's the spot? It's about two minutes. Uh, yeah, I got a seven last week yeah. for Damo, I think. So I'll uh, I'll work the Bont in and get Lordo. And Lordo in. Get the Bont. We'll, we'll get a little form together. Yeah. We'll put a bingo sheet out, and as yeah. many of them you can get, we'll find out a so challenge. I to get a the Bont and Lordo for Brownie <laughs> Bingo. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you what. Moving on, Brownie Bingo, bonus point madness. Now, this one is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. I'm not sure who suggested it in the first place. Well, this, Bloody good suggestion, to be honest. This is um, Nathan's idea. He wants more scoring in the game. We all do. So Nathan has decided that he will give teams bonus points if they can score 100 points, even if they lose and score That's exactly right. Points. Like the Bombers on the weekend, they scored 100 points against Sydney and lost the game. But we want to promote high scoring. Shut up for a minute. We want to promote high scoring. High scoring. So you're but giving them a whole point. You can't point. leave it to the coaches. You you got to take it out of the hands because they're too good. They can defend. They can they can make the game look absolutely miserable. The coaches absolutely miserable. So if you have an incentive, an incentive to score more, two bonus points, and here is my bonus point ladder, which looks remarkably like the actual ladder. Um, really, almost yeah. as if it's redundant. <laughs> it's pretty West Coast. Yeah. Uh, so Brisbane have dropped down last week. Brisbane and they lost that game, but bonus points. Western Bulldogs are going really well. The Brisbane Lions were going well. The Bombers at the moment aren't in the eight, but with the bonus points, they are in the eight. Now this is where it gets interesting. Fremantle in the current ladder are in eighth position. And now they drop all the way down to there. The Blues have moved up. The Tigers are there. But to promote high scoring, I don't know why you can't get it through your thick Tasmanian head. So this is my – the reason why I can't accept this is because Australia is – a big country, right, Nathan? It's not a look. Thanks for pointing that a, out. A big geographical area, right? So you've that got one. you play in Brisbane. You yep. the Brisbane Lions. You've got a big advantage to teams playing down here in Melbourne Why? through the middle of winter because of the the weather. It's always dry. It's nice up in Brisbane this time. So of have year. you done your research on how often it rains? I'm in going Brisbane to. I'm between mate. Victoria. But my point here is, if you want to have a bonus point for scoring, so, but if if both venues are dry. Is it, is it still an advantage to pay up there? please listen to what okay, I'm, I'm about listening, to say, right? Yeah. You had your say. I'm okay? listening, yes. You need to have an even playing field. If you play all of your home games at Marvel Stadium as opposed to the MCG, then you, you know that it's going to be dry there every week. It's a big advantage if you play in an indoor stadium, okay? Now, we have one indoor stadium in Australia, but imagine, Nathan, if this concept was bought in in America, okay? And I'll just give you some examples here. Have a look at that. Imagine if you were the LA Rams or you're at UCLA there playing at uh, the Coliseum in Los Angeles. Never rains there. You're going to score more points than the poor old Buffalo Bills here at Ralph Wilson Stadium, which is just covered in snow, mm. right? How, how are Buffalo going to get bonus points for scoring? The poor old Green Bay Packers there at Lambeau Field. Look at that. Mm. Look at the snow. They're not yeah, going to get – how, the are, they, how yeah. are they going to score heaps of points playing all of their games at Lambeau yeah, Field? Yeah, see the snow. Okay. Now, have a look at the Patriots, right. one of the, the greatest teams in NFL history. Yeah. 
they're not going to score as many points. An awful lot playing of snow the there. I, I see your point, Matt. Yeah, there it is, Gillette Stadium. That's extraordinary. Imagine playing at New that SoFi Stadium there, yeah. the Los Brownie. Angeles Rams. We might have to update the ladder because I think the Patriots aren't going to get too many of these no. bonus points in the AFL yeah, this no, year. Yeah, wow. So now you're being stupid, Phil. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point about the stadiums and the advantages of playing indoors and outdoors. Your point has absolutely no relevance look to at the Dallas Cowboys. There, they're going to score mm. plenty absolutely of points. Absolutely no relevance to this show. Our game, the AFL <laughs> or Australia. Okay, These bring, are all in America. I'll quickly. I'll you quick, stupid buffoon. I'll quickly, They're in America. So listen to this, Nate. I'll, my I'll, bonus point ladder is for the AFL. I'm go, okay, I'm going to back over my point from last week. Right? See how tight the race is for the ladder this year, Felix, right? Imagine round 23, right? You've got Richmond on 10 wins. You've got Essendon on 10 wins. Richmond are playing at the MCG. It's pouring with rain, yeah. right? Essendon are playing Which at Marvel. Where Essendon are playing at it's a hypothetical, Nathan. Mm. Essendon play at Marvel where it's dry. They score hundred points. Poor old Richmond never had a chance. They miss the finals because of your bonus points. Even if they win, right. they miss. I'm just gonna have to put that in the stiff shit pile, mate. Because they've work. got an opportunity throughout the year to score and to make bonus points and to win games. It all evens itself out, mate. Right. We're not in America where you- where Los Angeles is 18, 19 right degrees now. and you got Towns at a negative 20. Can you do a poll Melbourne, on Twitter? Melbourne, 14, 15, Brisbane, 21. There's not that much of a difference. Can you do a Twitter poll this week and just see how much support you get for it? I'm going to do a Twitter poll. All right, good. I'll tell you what, comparing the frozen tundra of Green Bay to a balmy <laughs> evening yeah. on the Where Gold Coast. Where would you rather play? Lambeau Field or SoFi Stadium? I'd probably rather play at SoFi. I don't think I could score many points at either of them. No, mm. exactly. But I'd definitely be that, over there. But, I think, but no, like, the rule you, sucks. The you don't rule like sucks. changing the game, do you? No, I you don't. don't like any sort of change. No, I don't. Any sort of it's rules, a, which you've made a very football, big point. Of. It's quirky, it's different, and it should remain that way. So would you consider yourself a hypocrite? No. no let, let's not. have a listen to what you said last week. So we have a draw, and the old chestnut comes up. We we don't we need to get a result. We don't get a result. Simon Goodwin said it. M- multiple people said you you suggested penalty shootouts a few weeks ago. <clears throat> we do get a result. You get two points. Now that two points may be the difference between Melbourne finishing top. These are a boring. They may sometimes. miss the top four. Mate, it's part. Why do we want to change the game all the time? I'm not boring. You get a you result. Need, no, I don't want to change the game a lot, but I think it's good to have ideas. Now, my man over here would be stuck in the 1950s if we could, but he doesn't like any doesn't like any sort of change, doesn't like any sort of innovation. <laughs> Play, Geelong would be disadvantaged with the 100-point rule at Geelong in the middle of winter. Well, they might have to change the way they play. We'll have yeah. to agree to it. It's never going to happen. I like it. It's never going to happen. It should happen. There's I like no it. No chance. I want Brandy to take Hawking's job. Um, I, right. like, I want more scoring. Don't get me wrong. Two hundred point bonus letter. Let's let's finalise. Let's stupid idea, mate. But yep. I would never ever allow a bonus point for hundred yeah. points. So he doesn't want to change rules. He doesn't want to change rules. But to my shock and my horror mm. during the week, I thought I was reading something in a dream. I, I, I thought this couldn't be the same man that I sit next to every week and have played football with, and I know that he's stuck in the. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Cherney's written, West Coast still probably make the eight reasonably comfortably, which doesn't say much for the 11 teams below them. And you've suggested a wild card round. Oh, Nathan, you're not You've suggested stupid. a wild card round. Are you stupid, Nathan? No, I'm not. <laughs> Have you heard of the I word? can read. Have you heard of the word sarcasm, Nathan? I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Where is the sarcasm in that? <laughs> I'm being Normally sarcastic. Normally when you want people to know you're being sarcastic, you just <clears throat> ham it up a little bit. But that's just got wild no, card round. 
with a question and mark. That is the biggest reach. If you're saying that's sarcastic, Richard, that is the oh, biggest reach to get yourself sarcasm. out of this hole. <laughs> Imagine having a wild card round this year when teams are struggling to get even to 50% win loss right. and they're going to play finals. And people point. want a wild card round when you finish ninth and 10th. It's hard to use expressions in print. Seriously. Nathan, you're better than that. You no. know I was no, um, Actually, um, you, you've said that to me a lot of times. Nathan, you're better than that. And I continue oh, I to can't. tell you, no, I'm well, not, for I'm people not that, better than that. For people that thought I was serious with that tweet, I was being sarcastic. Well, it looks serious. We're not going to have a wild It makes around. sense. In, in reference to when it was now, I've got to side with Rich on this one. But I am noticing you a little bit jumped of... jumped off pretty quick. We've got to, I'm noticing a little bit of tension between you two. And it's been bubbling over for a while. Because, of season. course, you, it's, it's a long season. You sit in here and you do your previews. The Batmobile needs to go in for a second. The, the Batmobile has absolutely lost the wheels at the moment. Punters at home, maybe just just tread carefully right, yeah, when taking the same yeah, game multi. I must admit, you have been getting on my nerves a bit lately. <laughs> well, let's just have a bit of a look at a bit of back behind the scenes footage from you boys this week. All right. Yes, got thing on your feet, big boy. Oh, he threw me. But right you were talking the about Heaney, so I thought I'd throw to you. Getting tagged. A lock. I was about to say how good Sydney's ball movement was off half back, and if you don't tighten up. But Truck Rutten didn't tag anyone know, last week and that cost them. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes you just <laughs> roll with it, mate. In the midfield, though. Not deep forward. Yeah, but field. then I prefaced it with a, a full-on lockdown. And you went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you big lip <laughs> You just roll with it. Start cutting into your odds <laughs> in a minute. Of course he's going to get tagged. He's playing in the forward line. Yeah, but a lockdown, mate. They can <laughs> roll through him. <laughs> Stand 20 metres off him, try and pick him up. Fucking lock him down. You dickhead. See <laughs> oh. he gets personal, Felix. That really took a turn when he called you a big-lipped. Yeah. I'm starting to get oh. really self-conscious about my lips. I need those beeps a bit longer. Yeah, I was about to say, we did. They didn't, leave, those didn't leave much of the it's imagination. Season, there. Yeah. We spend a lot of time. Well, tell you what the interesting thing is as well, that that video might be used in evidence because every time I check behind that desk, there's about four or five bloody coffee cups <laughs> oh, sitting yeah. there just festering back and I see you two hounds just chewing on one. That's exactly right, Felix. But anyway, you're both nicely dressed there in good shirts, button-up you know shirts. We need, Nate, we, did, we actually need to go out and have a nice lunch and a few beers. Yeah, we do. It's just yeah. all work at yeah, the moment, isn't nice. it? Yeah, it's yeah. all work, no play. Yeah. Tell you what, though, speaking of play, mm. plenty of blokes... Back in the, was it the 90s, I believe, were out playing in the old Lenny shirts. Yes, that this you was came interesting. From. Now, a couple of people have pointed out that they may have had a particular scent well, with them. Now, well, I actually got a direct message on Instagram from uh, a big Richmond fan, and he said, G'day, Richo, I'm a huge fan and big Richmond supporter for 35 years of my life. I was also a very big fan of Nathan Brown. As a year 11 student, I was very excited when he joined the Tigers in 2004. So was I. So this guy, uh, Jared, was so excited that, uh, Rich, and, that Nathan joined Richmond that he went out and bought some of Brownie's Lenny T-shirts. Now, he wants me to ask you, Brownie, did uh, did you put some sort of scent on your Lenny T-shirts? Because he reckoned when he went out in the nightclubs uh, back in the noughties that he did very well wearing your Lenny because T-shirts. Because of the, uh, the scent. We did put a scent in them. So back in the day, <laughs> me, Craig Ellis and I, so we made the T-shirts and then you put them through a wash to just right. soften them up a little bit to take off that 
just the edge off the T-shirt, yeah. which looks brand new. So, and so it washes the, the perfume print. on them. Um, yeah, we went to a fragrance company here in Melbourne and we found a scent that we liked. So when they did the wash, and nobody had done it before, we couldn't understand, and still nobody does it now, but we put a scent through it and it lasted probably maybe two washes. So yeah. once some, someone took it home, they'd wash it once, it'd take a little bit of off, but then the second wash, it'd uh, take it out altogether. But it was a great smell and people still come up today and ask me about it. So that young man did really well in the nightclubs. Well done. So you had to keep buying new ones though to keep the scent on them. Yeah, that was but smart, you come into the store and the store smelt like it, it was great. So just in case you don't know, Felix, uh, Nathan's partner in that business was the great Craig Ellis, who he played football with at the Bulldogs. And look at look at the two of them there. <laughs> Have a look at the boys. <laughs> which one's the which one's the mannequin? What's going on with your life there, Nader? Don't know, Matthew. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what else. What's happened to me? You're real shiny too. Yeah. Very shiny. And if we have a look at the hairline there, it looks to be thinning a little up the top. But when we have a look at the great man sitting on the chair here, you may see it out of shot the bottle of Rogaine just sitting next to him. But hey, that's quite That's finesse right, kids. Get on it. You've had a bigger comeback than Lazarus. <laughs> no, they were good T-shirts. Everyone used to wear them. They were. Well, well, seeing as they were so popular, you could only assume that it was uh, your business acumen that managed to make the business fail because your people are still messaging. No, Craig, Craig, bought, me out. Craig bought me out. And he took it on, and then he obviously went on to bigger and better things by starting now that business, Triangle. That was a good business. It was. It went okay. Yeah. And Triangle, and then he, he became like a hundred million oh, worth. Doing well. So yeah, he sort of now, got rid of the dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> bigger and better things, Richo. Other than the great man here, Nathan Brown, what's been doing your head in? And it's doing my f***ing head in. Now, guys, we've all been loving the Olympics, haven't we? It's been fantastic, and yep. it's just great to see the great Bruce McAvaney back. He hasn't been doing the football this year. He's been prepping for the Olympics, and he's just been sensational. I think we'd all agree people think Bruce has done a magnificent job with the Brilliant. Olympics. So I was watching the 10,000 metres uh, the other night, and Australian um, Pat Tiernan had a really good run. He fell away a little bit in the last 400 metres and actually struggled to cross the finishing line. And I, just, I thought it was a really good call of that race with Bruce and Tamsin. They referenced Pat... Uh, just so many times, dozens of times through that 10,000 metres, they talked about Pat and how well he was running. So I was really surprised the next day when I saw this tweet from Patrick Smith, who was the chief um, footy writer for the Australian for a lot of years. And I, I couldn't, I don't know what he's talking about. He said, possibly the worst, most unprofessional call of Bruce McAvaney's rightly celebrated career. He all, all but ignored the Olympian heroics of exhausted Australian Pat Tien and who ran himself into the ground. Now, I couldn't believe that. And I, I actually had to comment on it because mm -hmm. I just thought Bruce did a really good call. So I did what I did there. I said, you must have watched a different race, blah, blah, blah. And to my surprise, uh, <laughs> the next day, Patrick Smith has blocked me. <laughs> now, that is what he's doing my head in, right? Patrick Smith has blocked me because I questioned his tweet, right? And that's what they want. They yeah, want you to yeah, get angry when they yeah. block him. This You're is, giving Patty Smith everything he this wants is right the, now. This is the man that critiqued my footy career over 17 years and hardly <laughs> ever He wasn't had, a fan of yours, he? Was wasn't he? a fan of mine. He critiqued my career every single week. I questioned one of his tweets and he blocks me. Grow up, Pat. Seriously. <laughs> Grow up. There's been some shocking takes on Twitter throughout the Olympics, though. That's a bad In general, take. mostly from the Americans, but oh. to get it from one of our own, an he Australian. Blocked me. Patrick Smith blocked me because I dared to question him on Twitter. Well, you know what? Let's focus on the positives. Richard Brownie and Hummer of the Week. All right, you go first, Matt. All right, I'll do. Uh, we'll do the best. I gave one to Sydney Stack. He, I know Richmond lost the game, but he had his best game. Uh, that he's ever played in AFL footy on Sunday. This is a, a young guy that was 
in jail in over Christmas because of a quarantine breach. I still can't believe. There's not been too many other people go to jail. No, for it, it? it's hard to explain what happened there with Sydney. Now that, that would have been a terrible time. He was in jail for a couple of weeks and came back to Victoria and had to rebuild his footy career and get trust back. And he played a magnificent game. I gave him one vote on Sunday. How good's Carl Amon going? Flying. I gave him two votes. He got 10 coaches votes. Port Adelaide had over 30 touches. And Andrew Brayshaw is now showing why he was the draft pick that he was, 39 touches for Freo. I gave one vote, funnily enough, to a guy that got slaughtered in the first quarter in Jacob Wiedering. So uh, Max King absolutely obliterated him in the first quarter. Jacob Wiedering changed the way he was playing. And then just towards the end of the first quarter, took three good contested marks one-on-one. And then the second term started marking the ball, sending it back the other way. His last three quarters taking out the first quarter was was terrific. You don't find many players who can change what they're doing in a game. Normally, if you start poor, you get worse from there. Like, it was a, an enormous effort in Jacob Wooding. Two votes to the AFL. Uh, when COVID hit Queensland on the Travis weekend... Travis Hall or the AFL? Just um, whoever he was making the decision. So Travis Hall. But I know it would have been a collective effort to get everybody to where they needed to go. Well so... Queensland locked out, so many games up there, then to just transfer all the games and get them all done, extraordinary effort. We bagged our fellow a lot for what they don't do, but you need to give them credit for when they get things right. And three votes to Carl Amon, I agree. Yeah, he was great, Carl Amon. Uh, the worst, I've got to give one vote to the referee in the Matilda Sweden game. Did Ooh. you see that decision? Yep. Shocker. Shocking. Sam Kerr kicks that goal, puts us in front, you know, I don't know why they disallowed that. I can understand in the rules. Okay, if you really knuckle down on the rules, but they hadn't called it all tournament yeah. and you don't call it in a big moment yeah. like that. Yeah. Not yeah. when there's nothing that – and it didn't even really affect the no. play itself. It's no. like, like a razor eye call, didn't it? Yeah, real just, razor eye. Look at me, look at me. It was just an outrageous call and that's cost the Matildas. I love what they did at the Olympics. Two to Brisbane. I mean – they should go down to Haw- to go down to Tassie and they should beat Hawthorne pretty convincingly if you're a top four team and they didn't. And the West Coast Eagles, I, that was as bad as I've seen them yep. play at the MCG on Saturday. I gave one vote to Jeff Kennett uh, because Jeez. the handling of that Hawthorne debacle, like they've, they've been the glamour club for a long time, the club that you look to for when things are done right. They've, they've just got it right ever since they appointed Elsa Clarkson back in 2003. Jason Dunstall did the job. Since then, you couldn't question Hawthorne in pretty much any decision they've no. made. It's always been perfect. This one has just been an absolute balls up. Gold Coast, could you, could you get a club that is more relevant than the Gold Coast at the moment, what they're serving up at the moment? They've got some really good talent up there that if they keep playing like that, they're going to lose them again. Could Clarko go to the Gold Coast? Well, he could. He could. But it's been a word for the AFL to chip in a bit of cash there to get did. him over there. They've done it before, haven't they, to mm. sort of... But get... do people want to go there, though? I want to go there. I went there. I cost myself a basketball but career yeah, by going we there. We know nothing's, why you're going there. <laughs> nothing's ever worked up there. And West Coast, I agree. They got the three for me. Love it, boys. Tell you what, game of the round. Fremantle taking on the Lions or West Coast versus Melbourne. Two big clashes. Which one are we zoning in on? I think West Coast and Melbourne is, yep. is a big, big game. I mean, West Coast have to... It's, it's in Perth. It's on Monday night. West Coast have to make a statement now. We know they're a lot better in Perth. They're not travelling well this year. Mm. I thought they were back. I thought they were back playing good footy. But that game against Collingwood was as bad as they've seen. People have questioned Adam Simpson during the week and his game style. You know, is it relevant anymore? I think it is. But if they don't get the game on their terms, they, they struggle to have plan B. So you'd expect a big response from West Coast, mate. They did lose to North Melbourne not that long ago over there too. So the home ground advantage isn't what it used to be. I don't think they're playing well enough. The Demons, I think, 
will be too good defensively. Um, Next they, line got going on the weekend. They won't allow Melbourne. Uh, they won't allow the West Coast Eagles to score. So for me, I think it's more pain for the West Coast Eagles. I think Melbourne win this game comfortably. Yeah, and if their forward line's getting going. Ben Brown and how good's young Luke Jackson? Yeah, he's a good player. He's easy to get going when you are playing basically a training yeah, field against Gold Coast. They Coaster. work poor. I think I think Melbourne will win. You think so? One last one to go here. Hypotheticals. Where is Hummer? Where is he? I think he's got gout. He wants missed a week of work here with Maybe gout. He had too many. Wishes. Maybe HR finally got to him. Yeah, well, <laughs> they were doing they, a review of company well computers, too. so it is. Yeah. Felix, do you believe bit. that Hummer has a shot of whiskey every morning, like he tells no, us? No, not at all. No. I also don't believe that he spent four years at a Dutch bakery or whatever. It was mastering yeah. the art of sourdough. Yeah. That he tells everyone <laughs> the office that he did. A candle salesman, either. Yeah. Did he? And did he have a musical scholarship? No, absolutely not. <laughs> they're all lies. Yeah, they're all lies. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's dive in. I've been put in charge of the hypotheticals this week. Now, this one's a bit of a tricky one. There's a couple of factors to it. So you've got a life-sized rhino, a proper rhino out in the wild. They're big. Big boys. Yeah. Thick skin as well. Yeah. So you've yeah. got to take that into account with this one. Thick skin. But not a lot of things that they can use to swing around apart from the big horn. Yeah. How many ducks would it take to kill this rhino? Now, the ducks themselves, if one gets squashed and killed, they don't get scared. They keep going. So it's not your usual animal instincts. They're going to run away once one gets crushed. But how many ducks is it going to take to kill a life-sized rhino? I don't think. I don't think they could. I don't think they could. So a billion ducks. But how are a billion ducks going to get around the rhino? There's only so many of them that can. They can climb up on each other's back. You've seen World War Z with the zombies. Got nah. your ducks in a row. I don't. Got your ducks in a row. I don't think it, any amount with of Matt. ducks. My issue is, I think they could get because they could go for the eyes. There's all different areas that they could go. Right. But just the mass Pick, of anything. Picking the rhino. Suffocate the rhino. Well, you know how bees kill stuff. No? Yeah, but they, they just, all hover over it. No, the skin's too thick. They hover over it and it burns it. That's how they kill a wasp. I don't think a rhino gets killed by ducks. I didn't know that. It's good to know. What do you think, no? Yes or no? I don't think it can. No. No. I think the rhino's okay. So you think no amount of ducks are going to be able to go? Okay, well, I'm going to put this thing in about the 100. Is there a billion ducks in the world? Well, there is because it's a hypothetical, Nathan. Mm. No. They don't get it. Zero. It lives. No. Okay, so the, the, the rhino lives and spends the next 20-odd years fighting Being off ducks. this just endless yep. endless onslaught of ducks to keep coming in. Okay, one from our famous producer, Nath John here. If you had to sell your soul to the devil, yep. what would you sell it for? That's a deep one. Mm. Monetary. <laughs> that's one of the worst things you could say, Richard. You just sell your soul for money. Yeah, that's pretty shallow. Jeez, that's tough. I can would see you? why you start going at him. A you bit would. <laughs> no doubt you would. No. You wouldn't no. do it. I'd sell my soul for my family's health. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. You go for money, though. Okay? <laughs> you you, you chose. So, no, no, let's just, no, let's no. just settle What's this. What's the next one? <laughs> I'd take. We've just got the two today. <laughs> I'd take 10 mil because I reckon that just gives my family a nice little <laughs> life for the. Mm. Okay, so, Brownie, let's just life. get this on record. You have taken the health <laughs> of your loving family. Yes. To sell your soul to the devil, and Richo has taken ten million. And then I'm moving, I'm moving up north somewhere into a nice little you know what? Okay, beachside house. I'm going to uh, one up you there and just yeah. uh, take twenty mil. But he's always you can put any away on like that. the ducks. He's always coming for you. Jeez, I wouldn't sleep much at night. No, would I? he'd be hovering no, ten, over your bed. You'd wake up. He'd be there. Yeah, but my family'd be comfortable. Nice little lifestyle for him. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. But maybe because you've taken the money, right? <laughs> He's into the family as well. So he wakes up and 
Jen's sitting there. Yeah. And the devil's right. over Jen. Well, you see those hoof like, marks yeah. on the floor. Someone's dropped the flower. That's no good, mate. No, see, I've, I've got their health, so that nothing can ever happen to my family. I've got the coin to pay for good medical attention. <laughs> you only took but the worst part of this one is not only the fact that you didn't take your family's I didn't health. Take enough you, coin. You didn't take enough coin. You asked for ten mil when you had unlimited funds. Yeah, I'll take a billion. Is that yeah. all right? You could take two billion, Richo. You can have whatever you uh, want. Yeah, I'll, and you can tens, sit there on your. A bit low. You can sit there on your yacht, laughing at his healthy family, sitting yeah. on the beach in a little shack. Exactly. We'll be having a good time. We won't have much, but we'll be happy. Well, anyway, mm. big one. Clark goes out. A lot of news. Hopefully, we get a whole lot next week. Well done, mate. Too. Thank you, boys. Gamble responsibly, everyone.